0: what is up everybody welcome to your thursday night treat grab you something cold to drink kick your shoes off let's go it's time for doc talk is up everybody welcome back to doc talk episode 12 yeah made it 12 episodes we missed a week but we're back we've got two new well one old guest one new guest um tonight and uh kind of let you guys go around and uh, introduce yourselves tell a little bit about yourselves and uh go from there michael we'll let you go first
1: uh am i old because i'm an old man or just an old guest? You're reoccurring. You're reoccurring. reoccurring. Probably, <laughs> reoccurring. You're, both, no. You're now no. a Doc Talk staple. I am, I guess. Okay. Yay, I'm a staple. Uh, Mike Blatt from TBC Guides, uh, technically in New Hampshire, but a lot of water fish in Vermont, uh, right on the Connecticut River. So get to do both sides of the border. And uh, this is our first talk about ice fishing officially where we get to have another crazy ice fisherman on here with us which is really cool so that the rest of you guys you kayak fishermen realize that i'm not alone in this so it's great to be back (laughs) again chad thanks for having me again and uh yeah doyle thanks for joining and i just can't wait to talk ice fishing to someone who's further north or more in the
2: ice than i am Um, name. so yeah, my name's Doyle Smith. Um, what is that huh?
0: Those are the geese
2: flying south.
0: Oh. This is the geese flying
2: south. <laughs> oh, geese. So, still got the geese here. Plenty of them. Uh, my name is Doyle Smith. Uh, I'm a kayak angler, but in half, through half the uh, season, I, uh, I'm in the ice. So, uh. We got like four or five months of hard water that I fish. Um, I do uh, a lot of photography work, and I have a YouTube channel. It's called Eastern Ontario Adventures, uh, and I put a lot of my uh, stuff up on there.
0: Very cool, yeah. And Doyle uh, takes a lot of our photos for the Orion coolers. Um, very, very good photography there, and we appreciate Doyle and his eye. And all the work that he does for that. So, my gosh, ice fishing—I'm cold just thinking about it. I broke out my best flannel just to talk about ice fishing because it makes me cold, fellers. Makes me cold. D- Doyle, will you just please tell everybody how warm ice fishing can be, and just
1: how how you stay warm? You guys bring hot um, chocolate. I mean, there's <laughs>
2: lots of ways to stay warm. I think um, I, my friends and I we've built up this kind of tolerance to the cold. And it's something that we kind of train up towards, you know, like starting in December, I, you know, I'll still walk my dog in slides and walk it with, without gloves and stuff like that. Just wearing little, little clothes as possible. You got to build up that tolerance because um, typically we're out there in like negative 20 and you know, you're not wearing a jacket gloves off dealing with the fish. Um, but you can get super warm. I've tried to convince a lot of uh, the kayakers to come out. Uh, Will, uh, he's refused to come out. I know James, uh, if you guys remember James, we tried to get him out a few times, <laughs> um, but uh, nobody seems up for it. But it's it can be you can make it super warm and you get like insulated ice fishing huts and uh, you got portable heaters and you can just dress super warm and layer up. That's what I used to do when I started. Just no hut, no heater, just like wearing as many layers as possible.
0: Absolutely. Now, talking about ice fishing, before we get into the the things you need, let's get into the technical stuff. Um, We've all been on the lake. We've all, you know, seen fish finders, done the different things, map study. What do you guys do like – to locate these dudes? I mean, because you can't really just run around and scan. I mean, without drilling a bunch of holes in the ice seems counterintuitive. Um, So how much time do you spend pre-ice using a graph locating these fish to try to pinpoint them for their winter holes as they move that way? So you just have to know kind of the behaviors
1: of fish uh, in that temperature. You know, this water can be 32.1 degrees it can be 33 degrees just depending on you know if there's any current underneath that ice uh how much ice cover there is but typically if you are fishing around a solid green weed line in late october early november and then all of a sudden that ice freezes those fish are going to start coming up from the depths to right where the break is And then generally right outside of a weed line is where they will sit and ready for ambush of anything smaller than they are. And so if you know where those weed lines are as a regular fisherman or kayak fisherman and that body of water freezes, go drill some holes in front of that weed line. And nine times out of 10, you're taking that drill and you're drilling down in five feet, seven feet of water. But those weed columns come almost to the surface so you start pulling out weeds when you're drilling. That's a good sign. You just move further and further and you just it, it's not about graphing it. It's just kind of it's, it's why we take that many fishing rods and that many tip ups and set up that many holes because the fish might be here. The fish might be there. The fish might be there. So it's it's not an exact science. Some people do have their fishing holes where there will always be a fish, uh, but it just depends on the body of water you're on.
2: Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that, uh, and I agree with uh, Tyler said in the uh, comments there. He said structure is king. So, I mean, fishing a lot of rocky points or any, like, down logs or weed beds are a great thing, depending on what you're trying to fish for, too. You know, all fish aren't going to be in the same places or same depths. Typically at the beginning of the year, we do find pretty much everything relating to those weed lines. but uh, at least here, a lot of the panfish and the walleye, they tend to get deeper and deeper as the season goes on. Um, water temperatures change and the the weeds do slowly die. So the fish are still moving around. Um, but if you want to hammer like some pike or whatever, um, definitely stick around in the weeds and you can go through tons of pike, panfish, whatever.
0: Cool. Very cool. Now. What all species are you guys tackling in your areas um, during the ice season?
2: Whatever we can get. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of whatever you're feeling on the day. However, I don't know how the seasons work there, but we have, like, the province. I live in Canada, so the, the I live in Ontario. The province is split up to, into several different, like, zones of fishing. And different species of fish, you can only catch certain species of fish uh, at certain points in the year, right? So in the zone that I'm in, I can't fish for a rainbow trout or brook trout or lake trout until January 1st.
1: You know, Same, same, same in Vermont.
2: Like, uh, I can't, uh, after March 31st, I can't fish for pike and walleye. I have to switch off to like panfish. There's some species that are open all year round, like uh, perch or catfish or whatever. Um, but yeah, it really depends. So up until January 1st, um, it's usually panfish, pike, walleye. Then for the first two weeks of January, there's a lot of stocked lakes around that get stocked in in the late fall, and then you could you really want to be out there that first week of January or the first two weeks of January because Those lakes get hit hard and people just get there. They pull out all the fish. They keep them all, fry them up. So if you want to catch them, you got to get there early in the season. And then uh, it gets pretty tough to do any trout fishing after that, unless you want to go on some crazy uh, adventures and walk for two hours into the woods, typically.
0: (laughs) Sounds cold gentlemen <laughs> it sounds cold if I'm, I'm gonna jump back to
1: that cold because there's you know uh so taking people ice fishing for their first time is it, it nine times out of ten it's their first time up here and we have people who are skiing up here for a week in vermont new hampshire and they want to do something different they find me on google or on airbnb experiences I'm like oh i've always wanted to try this And uh, I had a one cancellation last year, this lady called me up and she said, so I didn't realize it would be cold. And, um, I, I, I said, well, I mean the term ice fishing, you know, it's in the title of the, of the activity, you know, it's, there's ice. Um, and, and this is, it was 28 degrees. The sun was shining. There was no wind, but the thing that people don't realize if you've, if you've never been skiing, um you have to know you have to put sunscreen on when you go skiing. all of those little flakes of snow are little tiny mirrors Mm -hmm. and if you've ever been out on the water on a cloudy day or under a shade you know that the sun reflects off the water well it reflects off the snow as well and when you're out there and it's 25 degrees 30 degrees it is warm and you're in maybe your ski clothing uh let alone ice fishing clothing and if you're walking around and trudging through any kind of fresh snow any slush I mean you are you're burning calories and in some of the shallower lakes that I go to if you don't get to your tip up in time when the flag goes up uh that fish only had one way to go in five feet of water and that's that way and so you have to run to your flag there were days last year I I was checking my step counter on my iPhone. I was running a five k, fishing four hours. Wow. And it was it was toasty. But back to those species. Uh, you know the the pike are always great. Uh, I was very happy with myself this year. I caught my largest pike um, in open water that i've I've ever seen, and this lake, the only large pike I've gotten uh, and the river where I am, have been through the ice for some reason the largest pike that you can land in the nation uh is under the ice they move a little bit slower they're more attracted to certain styles of bait and uh there's certain laws with certain numbers of of hooks from state to state country to country but i mean some of these these fish are 50 60 inches long weighing 25 pounds um and it's really cool it, it sucks when the hole is not big enough to pull them out and you have to get the hook out of their mouth. But when that fish squeezes just enough out of that hole and and you see how long it is and how big that is and can barely hold it up, it's worth being out there in the cold.
2: Yeah, I can't agree more. Like A lot of the fish that I've either caught or uh, some of my friends have caught, we're on We fish a a lot on ice that's borderline, not even safe to fish on it. And I know uh, I wrote an article a while back about catching walleye um, for first ice. And a lot of those really apply to any predatory fish. And for whatever reason, in that early ice season, they're super aggressive. And you catch them real shallow. I could be catching walleye in like six feet, five feet. It's crazy.
0: Now, Michael, you said um, tip ups. So for the viewers that may not know, because like people like me live in Indiana and it really doesn't freeze all that much. um, Tip ups, vertical jigging. Do you guys want to kind of go through and explain the difference?
1: yeah i think doyle might be better in the jigging side uh you know i i, I don't have that much patience <laughs> so tip-ups <laughs> are kind of the way that i go uh so tip-ups vary in style uh you have your lay flat and then you have uh the style that i use which has a spool on the bottom you have a stick basically that goes through the ice the ice is here and then right here there'll be a flag And there'll be a little trigger system when you hook that minnow down through the ice. When that spool gets pulled, it trips a trigger and that flag will point up like this and uh, you're supposed to see it. And when you get to see it pop up, it's really cool. You know when it happened. But when you don't pay attention to one flag and it's usually the one that's the furthest away over your left shoulder sure. where it's you know and you have to get there before the, the 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 line runs out um but in certain states so in Vermont you can have eight tip-ups per angler so per licensed angler so i can have eight tip-ups with live bait on it doyle can have eight tip-ups you can have eight tip-ups i know some guys who basically have the their truck bed is removable and they take that out on the ice and it's a sled and they have 50 to a hundred tip-ups and they'll invite friends out to come fishing so they
2: can set up more tip-ups. It's kind of a similar situation here for tip-ups, but we can only have two lines. It doesn't matter what, if it's a rod or a tip-up, like you can only have two lines per person in the water Wow! um, at all. And your tip-up can only be 60 meters away from you has to be less yeah. than 16 years away. Um, and we, uh, I don't know if you do, if you guys, but we put on like bells on the tip ups or something, or just something to make, make the noise, especially just so you can hear it. And like, once you hear that bell go off, your heart is already like pumping like crazy and you, um, and you also didn't mention that you got to say fish on, uh, that's a big, that's very important or else uh, you probably won't catch that fish.
0: Uh, buddies won't know
2: yeah exactly and there's got to be picks or it didn't happen my phone's oh. ringing ryan <laughs> <you on the laughs>
0: we always have the uh the woo no matter where you're at on the lake um me and one of my buddies just just to mess with each other there's a woo and you know yeah just like the the berkeley commercial where it's like woo <laughs> it's so hard to think, know. Uh,
2: Hearts are fake a fly going off though, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 Um some, somebody did it. It's a very quick way to never get invited to fish with me again. Um my my wife did it jokingly one day. Um <laughs> you know, she she I wasn't listening to anything she was saying out on the ice. And she she said, Oh flag. And I was like, what? She's like, okay, you listening now? And, uh, she never did it again, but it was, it was just to prove a point. But I I say that to be in with, like, if you guys want to be funny and call flag or tip up or fish on, um, (laughs) you'll, you'll get invited to fish with me never again. So, um, Doyle, I do want to show you something, you know, I had, uh, some extra dollars laying around this year, had a very good guide season and I got targeted on Facebook for this product. And I was like, you know what, let's, let's try this thing. You know what? I mean. Let's just see what it does. So, this is a Bluetooth transmitter that attaches to your flag. Hmm. Okay? Now, when it's in the down position, it stays quiet. But as soon as the tip goes up, you can program the sounds. I don't know what sound I put on this one. Let's see. There you go. Yeah. So you can't have your flag uh and this is so people are talking about i don't want to be cold i can be in the hut yes you can set up two tip ups set up your bluetooth and you can sit in your your tent and when your phone goes off guess what the flag went up but when these flags i can't remember the i should know the laws in vermont you can't be a certain distance away from your flag uh, definitely not out of sight, but these go up to 350 yards away. Wow. Uh, again, pretty sure that's that breaks sprint. the laws of Vermont and New <laughs> Hampshire. I, I know you can't live on the lake, set these up, go in your house and take a four wheeler. Uh, again, that's illegal. Uh, you know, if, if you try to do that and any of fish and game see you, it's a hefty fine. This was more of a novelty. I wanted to see if it worked. This pair cost a hundred bucks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to have when you have people on the ice, it's their first time fishing. Let's say it is negative 10 one day and you say, well, how do we know the flag goes up if we're sitting inside? And so this is, this is what I have to combat that solution. So we'll see how it does. Um, the other sounds are hilarious. There's (laughs) a a semi truck sound. There's a pickup truck sound. There's a tip up. Um, there's a nuclear um warning sign. It's I mean, it's anything you could imagine. They they they've come up with everything. That's it. Uh, Jesse like a says sweet, he really can stay warm product. in a tent and have an alarm. Tell me when a fish is on. Sign me up. Yes, Jesse. They are called Blue Tips. And I do not represent this company. I do not get anything for this. So don't buy anything until you talk to me first. Let me see if I can get commission for this.
0: <laughs> tips you T-I-P-Z. heard it right you heard it right here on the orion podcast network kersey shameless Jackson plugging kayak yep doc top
2: i know uh, uh, a couple of guys that i've fished with before who are big into carp fishing they'll put their uh mm-hmm. bite alarms on their um uh, yeah on their either like dead stick or on a tip up um yeah and it's pretty sweet oftentimes though i would say that my phone more often than not dies when I'm fishing, <laughs> ice fishing. <laughs> I don't know how long, um, I don't know how long that would last uh, for us. You might have to uh, call all
0: them ladies out on the water, Doyle.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> me. There,
1: there is a product you can get that keeps your phone warm nowadays. So if if your phone does yeah, yeah. die from being cold, there's things that you can get
0: um yeah panther vision's got those fancy dancy uh portable hot hands now which are sweet rechargeable everybody needs those i need those just for
2: i don't know you guys are bringing too much you guys are bringing a lot of tech into it (laughs) All this stuff costs money. I think that 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 brings
1: up a a a really good point, Doyle. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people in the kayak fishing world, especially in tournaments, who are going live. They're Mm -hmm. going 360, and Mm -hmm. there are ice adapter kits to all of these systems now. Have you? I'm curious. Have you used one? Do you know people that use them?
2: I've I've never used a live scope, but I've seen (laughs) I've seen a lot of people using live scope and. I don't know. It's I don't know how to feel about it. I would have mixed feelings about it, but the main reason, like, I don't have a reason to not like it, other than the fact that I don't have one. Right. right, right. I think maybe yeah, if right. I own if I own one, I'd be on the <laughs> other side of the fence. Um, I don't know if there's anything as like making it too easy to to catch fish. I think that's a lot mm-hmm. of people's argument. Like, you still got to you still got to fool the fish you know you still got to get that fish to bite your your line at some point um so i mean there's there is like a little bit of an advantage having it and you can you can kind of tilt it and see structures around and stuff without having to drill more holes and but i mean if you have signaging you can still get that information on a fish finder and mm-hmm. like either either way when it comes down to it like the fish is not, not going to if he doesn't want to or if you can't trick him into biting your line so you there, know even if you can see you know you can see like the size of the fish and like every detail of the fish that you want but
0: there is a I, interesting like
2: it, Sorry, an interesting
0: podca- there's an interesting podcast there's <laughs> an interesting podcast that just came out um a few days ago the village um podcast with uh chris and trey at zaldane of uh bassmaster with a uh, Tom hungerford and they they're talking about a study on the live scope and how the fish react to it they went out on a specific lake went around looked for these fish that were marked and then hit them with the live scope because they knew where they were at so they was able to go out there hit them with the live scope and see how they reacted and it's pretty interesting so if anybody's looking for something to uh, to watch on that that pretty fascinating little podcast uh, to check out. So highly recommend it. I'm not going to tell you what happens because they just ruined (laughs) your whole podcast experience.
1: (laughs) And uh, I I will, you know, shout out to Trait Zaldane for jumping on the bandwagon with Eagle Claw and getting that fishing rod that she made by Mm. a woman for women. Uh, I have three of them. Uh my daughter has one. Uh her biggest smallmouth bass was caught on on Trait Zaldane's uh rod. I, I, I love that it's a perfect walleye rod. Like if you look at it, Doyle, it's it is made for walleye fishing, but is killer for two to three pound smallmouth bass uh for young anglers. Uh it's it just it, cool. it's a perfect bend. And uh I just I I love it. I really love what she does. I love what both of them do.
0: Now as far as shanties and stuff like that go, I know you guys talk a little bit about that, the pop-ups and the different things. And I believe you both use the pop-up style. Any plans on building the super
2: shanty? Mm. I prefer personally for me, because I, for for permanent or like big ones, generally you can't move it around. Right. Right. So, and I don't, really ever fish the same body of water that often i like to travel i like to go around and and see where the fish are and move to where the fish are and it's a lot harder to do that with a permanent hut and here Mm -hmm. you have to register your permanent hut you have you can only have it on the ice like a certain amount of months like in different zones so if i was fishing the ottawa river you know you legally can only have your hut on the ice from january 1st to March 31st, but if you're fishing in the, the southern zone, you can only have it from January 1st to February 28th or whatever. But it out of it, it would be nice to have once in a while and may, maybe maybe out it, it would for me anyways, I would benefit more from renting someone else's big nice hut for a night or two than having and building my own just cuz I just because I move around so much.
0: Right. That makes sense. And uh,
1: there's uh, the first time I went ice fishing, uh, this guy had he had two shanties. He Mm. had the decoy shanty that he set up between his and another guy's so that nobody else would come ice fish at this one spot. Oh, yeah. We'll get into etiquette later on. (laughs) Um, But, you know, once you have that that freeze and thaw, if you have any warming period in the like last year in February, we had a significant rain event up here. 45 degrees rain broke ice dams. I mean, it was, it was brutal, but everything refroze. But when you have everything getting wet, refreezing, you can't move that until Mm -hmm. everything thaws and you run the risk of it, you know, basically thawing into that body of water. Right. Um, So if you have these, these beautiful trailers, I see for sale every day on this one Facebook page, you know, for $50,000, $10,000, uh you know the, these great camper style RV trailers with basically holes cut in the floor uh they they're really cool looking uh my wife wants one of the sleds like looks like Santa's sleigh oh yeah yeah like a- it has a wood stove in it that's what she wants and and there's a guy on a lake uh close to me here Lake Maury, who has one it's red it's silver and he looks like Santa it's really cool <laughs> um and uh he, but he doesn't have any holes cut in the floor. He just uses it to sit, warm up, set his tip ups. And he just looks out his window, you know, to see when they go up. Uh, but the, the, they're really cool. Uh, there, there are some very, there's a really cool spot in the Adirondacks. Um, Battlefish charters in New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Uh, one of the Jackson team uh, outfits as well. He has an ice village. He has three or four tents, I think bought a couple of them and a couple were gifted to him as well. But he ends up connecting all of them and you can do overnights out there. Hmm. And it's it's really cool. That would be something I'd want to do. You know, and those those 10 person tents are a thousand bucks. So you get a couple of those, put them out there. I see a bunch of people spending the night out there. The whole sleeping on the pillow with your with your rod under your pillow like this you know, and getting woken up by your fishing rod. Um, I don't know. I dropped my phone from the bed to the floor. I can only imagine what's going to happen if there's a hole, you know, in a 30 foot deep pocket of, of a
2: Lake. I just, I just
1: don't trust myself
2: Speaking (laughs) on the uh, ice. Like there's a couple of ice fishing communities around where I live, where they'll have, it's almost like driving downtown, you know, um, they'll have a road plowed down the middle and then they've got 40 or 50 permanent huts and they're all just side by side. But uh, it, for them, it's not as much about the, the ice fishing and catching fish. It's more about like the built of community. I don't know mm-hmm. how much fish they're catching. I've never uh, gone over there, but uh, it's more about just like a community and kind of hanging out. And um, uh, speaking on the, Hobbs getting stuck is there's a lot of people like it's super common even if it snows 30 centimeters or 12 inches um, it, we can do the conversion so many Sorry. trucks so many <laughs> trucks get stuck and people's just h- ice huts get stuck in the snow It's it's brutal and it's very fun for me to watch <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of like launching the boats in the summer yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Well, and there's there, there's there's a, a lot of people who rely during the winter on salvage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's uh there's some guys I know that work in the rescue squad in town, and their winter job is they work tow trucks and salvage vehicles and uh Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. You can have 24 inches of ice, you can mm-hmm. drive onto it with a full-size uh 2500 series truck. Mm -hmm. And then three feet over can be two inches deep, two inches thick. And uh, when these in Lake Winnipesaukee, I mean, there are places where it's 120 feet deep. And these cars go for a ride. Now, people are like, okay, we'll claim it on insurance. You know, we lost the car. Guess what? It is illegal to Mm -hmm. leave a vehicle. It's vehicle abandonment. Yep. and uh, you get fines tickets until that thing gets out of there so you have to get a tow truck out there uh some kind of salvage vessel and i think in one weekend we had three or four vehicles that were brought up to the top and they're they're full of mud you know it's, oh, it's not like imagine. you can save these um uh, but this is the livelihood of some people throughout the winter you know if there's no ice there's no business for them throughout the winter and uh unfortunately somebody might have to lose a vehicle but like doyle said there's there's a community somebody sells bait somebody sells firewood somebody Mm -hmm. you know makes the best cup of hot cocoa around or somebody has been working on a certain mash all summer long and makes the best questionable legal questionably legal liquor in town
0: most generally yeah yeah. What's the one in Minnesota called where they like literally it's like a it's a tournament is what they call it, but it's not really as much of <laughs> a tournament as it is a um large community gathering to partake in adult beverages. Um what is that called? But I, I mean it's like they fill up the whole lake. It's, it's called Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Wednesday <laughs>
2: I don't know, it's today? Saturdays up here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, how deep is the ice that you guys are drilling now? You guys are really just getting first ice pretty much, aren't you?
1: Three yeah. inches or
2: what's that in centimeters? Oh, I don't know. We I use inches <laughs> for ice. Um, but yesterday I was on four and a half inches roughly right yes yesterday i caught my first ice fish this for the season a couple crappie a couple panfish, bluegills um but i've been checking ice in tons of spots all week and on wednesday i believe it was two and a half maybe and we still tried to go out there as safely as we could um had some uh two guys missed a muskie unfortunately I'd but um here. yeah it's been this is late season for late for us too i mean i can remember last year or two years ago catching fish like midway through november on four or five inches of ice so it's been a warm fall and uh but i think it's going to be a very cold winter so. and we're
1: uh we're early up here uh compared to last year uh last year we had i looked at my photos from last year i was still kayak fishing on the river on december 14th we had like a 70 degree spell Um, Mm -hmm. i mean it's only live bait it was basically ice fishing uh from a kayak uh with live bait right um but the places that i found today were three inches some other spots um were like three and a half um i have Ten people coming out fishing with me next week. Uh, they called me probably, say two or three weeks ago. I sent them the link to this podcast, so mm-hmm. uh, they are probably watching. Um, so now I can be very honest in saying that uh, I was a little afraid I was going to have to give your deposit back or mm-hmm. you know make up something that we could do together to catch fish. Uh, but I just I prayed very hard for some ice, and it is coming through nicely. I had to move their trip two days down the road so next thursday instead of tuesday because we have some cold nights that are going to add that one extra inch of ice uh doyle and i spoke briefly over chat um just about uh and he has this great chart of safety of ice Mm -hmm. uh, which i i almost memorized yeah Uh, the conversion factor was a little hard but i was like you know what i I know what centimeters are i know how long (laughs) my skis are um, I know how long my, my foot, my sole length is on my boot, which is all measured in millimeters. So um, there is a safety factor, not just for yourself, uh, walking out on ice. But if you're a guide and you're taking people out, you need to know how much weight that ice will take. And uh, mm-hmm. Doyle, I would love for you to elaborate
2: on, on the safe ice that you walk out on. Yeah, that's well, uh, important. There's two kinds, there's two kinds of ice. There's black ice and white ice. Black ice, um, it has no impurities, it, it's much stronger ice and white ice is kind of ice that's been frozen and melted or mixed with snow or something. It usually has more air pockets in it. It's, it's, it's a lot weaker. Um, as a rule of thumb, generally, you um, should not really go out on less than four inches of ice. Um, and if you're going with a snowmobile or an ATV, you want to be on, you know, eight inches or 10 inches. If you want, if you're going on SUV, you'll want to be out on 14 or something. Um, you definitely need to be smart about it and have experience, um, in cold water situations or in cold situations and have the proper gear to be ready. if there is going to be a breakthrough i mean they make float suits and my friends and i we all are extremely cautious and we all wear you know like we'll go in life jackets you know full winter gear on with life jackets on or um some of my buddies have uh like those six seven hundred dollar float suits or those big red suits and then you gotta you have to be knowledgeable about how you are able to get out of the, the water if you do fall through and a lot of companies make ice picks that you would you want to wear all the time you know i don't until that ice is you know six, you basically seven. wear them around your neck it's yeah. it's like
1: you don't it they're like the strings on your hoodie uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any next to me but basically they're they uh they are ice picks and if for some reason you fall through you know grabbing on ice is kind of hard so you just yep. take these Two things. Uh, I have Rapalas, which have uh, finger uh, grooves in them. So there's no slipping and you just basically use them if you need to climb out. I've never had to use them. Uh, I've never fallen through ice.
2: I don't take trips.
1: I I do not take anyone out on the ice. If I fear for my own self falling through the ice, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's why there's a, there's a lot of people that will go out to pockets of, rivers and lakes that will look for people that have drilled holes mm-hmm. and you go out there like oh nobody's fishing but there's holes drilled close to shore and and you know right away okay that's a test hole I'm not gonna fish that yet right. um, th- there takes a couple days so this weekend we have a couple nights that are close to um, eight and nine degrees Fahrenheit Mm -hmm. which is really good ice making weather. Next week, we have two and one degree nights. Yes. Um, And you want those clear skies. Yeah. So, and and, and like Doyle said, black ice or clear ice, if you can see the rocks underneath the ice in three to four feet of water, that's good ice, especially when it's three and four inches thick.
2: Yeah. And uh, they make tools (laughs) to check the ice as well like they you can get a big heavy bar it's called a spud bar and you know those things weigh 40 pounds and you you know if you can get through the ice on one whack then you know that ice is probably not safe so and you and the reason that you want to make sure the ice is a certain thickness is and is because um if there's any current or um, springs under the water the it's not a consistent four inches all the way across. So right. I've been ice fishing off of current lines where I'm sitting in, on top of 10 inches of ice and I'm fishing, you know, in two inches of ice. So it's something that you have to be really careful for, especially mm-hmm. in the early season. Cause that, and, the, and snow as well, actually really diminish the quality of the ice. Um, yeah. It because ice doesn't get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it gets, it you gets really careful. Yeah.
0: So big talk is like, as far as your ice fishing season goes, how long do you guys really think you'll be out there? And, you know, for this season, is it something that just a few months, or are you planning on a, a long haul for this year? My best
1: fish this past year was March 6th
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was on the river. Uh, we have setbacks on the river or little ponds, you know, areas. I don't fish out in current. Uh, I don't go beyond, uh, you know, the river where I am in the Connecticut river, there's, a, uh, it's dam controlled. And I do check the flow just to see if the ice is going to go up or down where I'm going to fish, but I never go out where I've ever seen current. That's not my thing. Um, and then I got to go to Florida in the middle of March last year, which is a nice little break. Uh, you know, get that fresh sunburn on you. So I came back. There was still ice. I was fishing by April 1st. So the ice was here. Then the ice was mm-hmm. gone. And then you get to read about the guys who are rescued on Lake Champlain on March 27th. Right. Um. You know, for going out on 18 inches of ice. But guess what? The wind blows out that way. You're going for a ride. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is yeah, a lot in of
2: soda. There's a lot of spots on Lake Ontario or. Or anywhere with like big currents that will just take away. And you've you've everyone's seen you know those TikToks of of penguins jumping from ice to ice. Or that a same thing. Boarding. Yeah, exactly. Like that same thing's gonna hmm. happen on those big bodies of water and in currents, really. And some big bodies of water will just produce their own currents. Um, yeah. But there's also great things about ice fishing.
1: We we've we've gone on all the safety aspect. So, guys, if you don't know what you're doing, ice fishing can be dangerous. If you've never ice fished before, go with a guide or find somebody who likes you enough to take you out. Um, There are bodies of water, especially in the state of Vermont and the state of New Hampshire that are um, they're they're protected, so no boats ever. You can Mm -hmm. maybe fish from shore uh there are town water supplies that are only open to fishing from shore or no fishing at all but when it freezes completely legal to fish so Mm. imagine a body of water that isn't fished until january that's crazy and there's a place 20 minutes down the road from my house i took two trips there last year one of the best two days of my ice fishing career Mm. um it it was incredible. And it's the, it's the town's water supply uh, for this town in Vermont and the pike were 40 inches long. The bass were six and a half pounds. You also have to understand the large and small mouth bass. These are the heaviest the fish will ever weigh throughout the year.
0: They fattened
1: up from the fall. They're holding everything in. So when you get to weigh those things on a scale, they are, they, they are so much fun and they are actually Legal to keep, you can keep them, you can harvest them, you can eat them. A lot of people don't eat bass during the summer months because of everything else they eat on, and uh-huh. some water quality, you know, in the middle of summer is not the best. You don't want to eat right. fish from that pond, but during the winter months, that water is crystal clear and there's nothing growing in there. That's the healthiest that fish will ever be, it's the cleanest that meat will ever be. And that's uh-huh. when they say, if you want to eat a largemouth bass or a smallmouth bass,
2: you catch it under the ice. Yeah. I don't. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> unfortunately for us, there's there's not a lot of places that you can even target bass in the winter. This The, the season closes, you know, mid-December. I think it closes this Saturday. Interesting. Um, and then uh, it opens up in July next year, I believe. So there's not a big window for a catching bass but um it, the same thing goes for a lot of the other species you know walleye are by far i think the most targeted for harvesting um nobody wants to harvest pike from that y for that y-bone <laughs> um and for the different bodies of water i think there's there's a lot of ponds but you're not supposed to fish them here Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of no fishing signs, although there are some that you can get away with and, uh, but unfortunately with all the new kind of developments with housing and stuff coming up, a lot of those holding ponds are, I think they're going to get ruined in the next couple of years. So that's kind of unfortunate, but some of them hold some monster fish, like real giant fish.
0: Yeah. I think for around here, you know, where I'm at, we basically look at crappie, um, bluegill. There's a few, um, walleye. It's not a real big thing here. Um, it's, it's more of a DNR pro- our walleye are more of a DNR project and, you know, Southern Indiana opposed to Northern Indiana, we really truly have a line, um, that divides the state in half as far as where it's super cold and where it's not as cold. Um, And we don't really get that much ice. We might see four inches a lot of times. Um, Last year was actually probably one of the first years in a long time that we had ice that was safe enough for the guys to truly get on. Um, Other than that. Yeah. I mean, we'll have 70 degree days here and there or 60 degree days come off and on throughout the winter. And it's just, we've got weird weather. So it just, a lot of times it doesn't work out for us, but there's a lot of guys that'll go up to the lake and they'll fish off the docks and vertical jig and whatnot. And it's a good time. I have a, a funny crappie story.
1: Uh, so Chad, with your, uh, your marketing prowess, you're going to love this. Last year, the uh, Vermont fish and game had this virtual uh, cooking event. Uh, this, we we're still coming down off of COVID and, you know, things were still a little more virtual. So they decided to hold a cook with us crappie taco night. Ooh. Well, if you're not familiar with the fishing world and the fish of crappie, how to say crappie, all you're reading is crappy tacos. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. person showed up to this event online. And it was, oh, it was it was one of those marketing mistakes that I wish more people would would, you know, talk about. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a delicious fish. I, I have found crappie uh, accidentally for my first time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the minute after I accidentally hooked an 85-year-old snapping turtle, uh, oh that, that's a whole other story. Uh, that was a phone call to Vermont Fish and Game. I almost lost a finger. <laughs> uh, it's alive. It's, it's fine. I mean, it looked like the turtle from, um, what was that movie back in the 80s? Never Ending Story. That's what that turtle looked like. <laughs> um, but five minutes after I I got that turtle off of my hook, uh, <laughs> I caught a twelve inch crappie on a uh, chatterbait. I was going for mm-hmm. bass, and now that I know there's crappie in there, and then today when I was drilling uh, holes, all these guys had these rods set up, and I was like, "What are you guys fishing for in twelve inches of water? We're fishing for crappie." Yeah, and I I didn't know there were that many crappie in there. I can't wait to go back.
0: Oh yeah, and crappie. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys are talking about. You know, the bass being the best eating. I mean, crappie, cold weather crappies. Some of the finest quini- cuisine in Southern Indiana, or anywhere for that matter.
2: Um, to, to go back to the crappie for a sec, I I only caught my first crappie this year. Oh wow! From my it. kayak um, <laughs> in the summertime um, at a lake that again wasn't even supposed to have crappie in it. So I can't wait to go back to that lake. And it's connected to a series of lakes that uh, I'm assuming now are all going to have crappie. So it yeah. definitely going to be something I'm going to target next year with the boys. And then yesterday when I went ice fishing, uh, that was my <laughs> second crappie ever. First uh, first ice fish of the year was a crappie. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, they're fun little fish to catch.
0: For sure. Now that you've pinpointed them, will you be taking Uncle James?
2: Hmm, I want to take James for walleye because I know he's going to want to eat some, and I know he's 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 going to want some nonstop action. He's he's an action guy, <laughs> yeah. and if uh, he'll his personality will take over if things get too boring. So we got to keep uh, <laughs> got to keep him from we got to keep him off, so off to the, off the to side. side. Um, no, but sure. I have a couple of places I want to take him. However, the I know with how the ice has been freezing so far the places that i want to go are probably going to be another 2 weeks before they're safe and even when they are sk- safe it's going to be really sketchy i think just cuz of the the current that it's going to come through some of those places um, but we'll see the invite now, i invite him every year so now we'll you see guys what are
0: this year. you guys are two ice fishing junkies you both love it <laughs> but let, let's so you, you hit a point through the summer where you're like, man, I'm ready for um, fall. I'm ready for ice fishing. At what point through ice fishing do you say, man, I'm just ready for the warm. I'd like to get back in my kayak and just be free and move around. When's that, when's that feeling? I've never
1: said that before.
0: We, oh we, we have
1: ice in and we have ice out. Uh, I would say the ice out season, that, that mud season, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when there's no ice to fish and the water is just so cold that you really can't catch anything else or, or, or go out and have a good time. Um, there's never really a day. I I would say it's like the negative tens, negative twenties, where even in your tent, it's still cold. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's when I stop getting business, you know, when I stop getting phone calls for, for
2: trips, I'd say that's, that's, that's it for me. Right. Well, warm to speak on the cold it was negative 40 multiple times here last year and the first weekend that it was negative 40 i thought it was a good idea to sleep in my hut overnight i think that's the only time i ever regret doing that
1: would you tell the american listeners to this where fahrenheit and centigrade meet
2: uh negative 35. you Scared our Texans. Negative
1: 43.
2: Oh, really? Negative 43
1: negative Celsius and Fahrenheit meet. So okay. All right, keep going.
0: I wanna hear this. So You're scaring our Texans.
2: <laughs> yeah, like uh like the overall fishing and stuff is great and I have a lot of gear. Like I'm not gonna go out there unprepared. You know, my my suit is rated to negative fifty and I have a sleeping bag that's rated to negative forty, and my my ice hut is is double double lined and double insulated, so it's not the end of the world. Um, the end of the world was when I went when we went back to the car and it didn't start. Oh man, <laughs> that was the end of the world because it's not. There's not a lot of places that I go where you run into people very often. Um, so getting it back up and running was a bit of a trick, but definitely uh something to keep, keep keep your eye on and um since then i think i've gone like three or four times and it, again it's it's crazy because you will get so hot typically i i don't know if you walk to all your spots mike or if you have an atv or, or a four no or, no, no, no. I, uh, I, I i walk i don't i don't like
1: vehicles I, I love my truck i see people drive out where i go and mm, not my thing
2: because so- sometimes you'll walk like a, a mile to your spot and you're just like totally you're overheating like crazy and you're taking off your jackets and stuff and even if it's negative 50 or negative 30 negative 40 like you're still getting really really hot and i've posted a few pictures i think on instagram now or where i'm you know my face is just all covered in ice but i'm still sweating uh and got a big smile on my face is i I love i i love that feeling to, to be honest i don't think i've ever said it's too cold (laughs) <laughs> i've said you know i've said other things about the cold but i've never been like let's go home i'm too cold actually that's so not true I, that's not true i did say that once because uh, you so I, the very first time that i went ice fishing i was extremely unprepared <laughs> um and it was it kind of in the negative 30 mark and i did not have real winter boots at that point in my life um so i went out in steel toes and with uh, just thick socks oh. but once oh. my feet got wet you don't really have a way to dry oh. them off so i do have frostbite i have permanent skin damage and frostbite on uh, three of my toes so i at that one time it was definitely a, maybe a bit too cold but
1: if yeah. any of my guests are watching this right now um this will qualify as a uh weather anomaly or act of god where we will cancel your trip uh and that that deposit is refundable we we will not go out in negative 30
0: no, um no but hopefully it doesn't the, hit negative 30 in the states
1: yeah i don't i don't think it ever <laughs> I, we got we got down to a negative 20 degree day but it was a, that was on a mountaintop uh that was that was while skiing um and I don't know how they run schools in Canada, Doyle, but we are required to read a short story in seventh grade in the U S called how to build a fire, which is all about an old man in Alaska trying to get across, (laughs) you know, and, and, and basically failing at life Uh, and and being unprepared. Exactly what you're talking about. So, uh, so so,
2: I, (laughs) I don't leave, I don't leave my house now without, so a way to start a fire or a way to cook food. I'll I'll always keep that stuff in my car and like an emergency first aid kit, which will have usually have matches it in it or something too. Um, and just I, a good idea. I, I usually
1: carry victory beers. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Vermont and New Hampshire have great micro brews. Uh, so mm-hmm. I will sometimes for my guests or they'll bring it with them. And a lot of them are high octane. They're eight uh, percent. They're double IPAs. They're double porters. And if those are frozen, that's our cue to get off the ice. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I don't care how warm you are, but if that third beer has frozen, uh, you're warm, but it is not, and we're we're leaving. Um, I have to tell you a story I, about that then. About <laughs> uh, so. Uh, Going back, Rudy, Rudy Rudy wants to know if we're providing meals served with local ice wine. There you go. Um, I mean, for a full day trip, I always provide lunch, and I'm from New Orleans, so I take my lunch seriously. But I want to hear Doyle's story.
2: So, on the, I believe the temperature was negative forty-two. Uh, one of my buddies. So, the oh, sorry. The um, those little portable ice heaters heat off of little those little green propane tanks. Mm-hmm. Those little green propane tanks are filled well. Like the li- the air inside of it turns to liquid at a certain point if it's too cold. Yeah. Well, we figured out that that temperature is negative forty two. Wow! <laughs> when he turned his <laughs> heater on. The Liquid started leaking out the tank and he almost caught his hut on fire. Oh, oh my god. god, because there was the fire was literally everywhere. Um, on that day, uh, Golly.
1: this is one of those Darwin Award kind of things.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. some of the things that my friends and I get up to, it just if you knew us, like there's a <clears throat> phrase that's common around people who know me and who just say that's such a Doyle thing. <laughs> but, like,
1: okay okay okay
2: we've got all going all. We've got oh, that's to the, the end of the story there. really i just that's like things <laughs> things only happen to that either to me or in the presence of me
0: <laughs> just that.
2: something that you could never think of but that would happen like something bad is going to happen you don't know what it is like something something's gonna go wrong and it's only something that would happen to me
0: at least it keeps it interesting i mean everybody <laughs> needs that friend though at the same time uh doyle uh, yep <clears throat>
2: um
0: so with you know kind of closing out this thing here as we're getting close to the hour mark um as outdoorsman fisherman what's on that list for santa what's the one thing that you boys want for christmas Oh well, if Santa, um, Claus, if Santa Claus was bringing it, and he is real, by the way,
2: <laughs> any
0: you you kids listening out there, he is real. Yep. Um, what's Santa bringing you? I I got a little impatient uh with Santa this year,
1: and uh, I'm I'm Jewish, so you know Hanukkah is usually early, so I, right. prefer, I I I don't look up when Hanukkah starts until I don't know December first, and sometimes right. it's in November, sometimes it's. On Christmas. This year mm-hmm. it's on Christmas. Um, but I wanted something to attach to my ice sled to let me use my kayak fishing accessories. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make a sled like this. And so I realized I had all of these old gear tracks yep. and parts from kayaks. And I started saying, like, all right, well, I can attach my fish finder here, it'll raise it up 18 inches. So I don't have to go down here to the ice to look at my fish finder. Um, I'm gonna use the NAR gearbox mm-hmm. that I have, yep. uh, connect that to the side of my uh, my jet sled. And then I have, I took the rod holders from the NAR, and I'm using mm-hmm. that to hold my drill and my bite. And uh, now I have an empty jet sled. So all my gear I was putting inside the sled is now attached to gear tracks on the outside. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to, I I don't think I can patent this because it's uh, using a lot of kayak fishing accessories, Mm -hmm. but um, there are some plans in place where I can share this model uh, in the near future. And uh, it's, it's really cool. I can fit everything in the back of my truck, but now everything it it I've taken everything that I can't use for three to four months out of the year, and now I get to use it. And uh, I will have some photos I can share in the next uh, week or so, hopefully next couple weeks. But uh, yeah, i I was so jealous of Santa Sleigh, especially watching Santa Claus one, two through seven yep. with my seven year old daughter. Uh, that all the cool stuff they made for Santa's sleigh throughout those movies, I wanted on my jet sled for ice fishing. So I, I just made just it. Needs,
0: just needs to try track. Just needs tri try track. Yeah. That'd be cool. Are we,
2: is this like a, a, an ice fishing thing that I'm. It, it don't have to be I ice fishing. It can
0: want. be a camera, man. It
2: don't have to, whatever <laughs> you want, whatever you want from the big guy. I don't know. There's one, the only thing that I can think of that I would not purchase for myself is uh like an 85 millimeter camera lens like a nice oh, uh, yeah. prime like a 1.4 maybe or an f2 something that'd be really nice and crispy i don't have anything in that focal length and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of nice photos uh, that i use you know i have a giant uh canon lens that i use for a lot of my photos but i this if i got an 85 or something i would replace that probably for and save me you know save me a few pounds on the oh, trip yeah. and wow. uh if you're walking out for 30 minutes to go ice fishing you want to save uh, save as much weight as possible so that's probably what I would ask for
0: I picked up a cheater lens um the Tamron 28 to 200 so far very fun it's got a wide oh, yeah. aperture but it's got a wide range um, really stupid happy with it, man. It's a very versatile lens, especially like I said, the aperture as you go in out to 200 is gets a little narrow, but it starts at a 2.8, so it uh, does a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. Be worth checking out.
2: Yeah, we can um, talk Do a whole
0: other podcast on camera. That's a whole there.
1: other
0: podcast we can get. Can get I, I would love it. to learn lenses. <laughs> you guys
1: are just speaking Greek to me right now. Uh, Doyle, I'm, I'm curious. These places that you walk, are these out into open ice? Or, I mean, are there houses? Are there shorelines?
2: It depends. Um, some places... You, you'll have to walk down an ATV road to get to a lake. You know, my my car's not going to go down an ATV road, especially one covered in snow. So, I mean, I have snowshoes just for walking to places, and I have um, cross-country skis just to to get places farther. Even on um, some of the rivers here, like the Ottawa River, up to one of the places that I fish it is probably four kilometers across or five kilometers like all, to get all the way across. And I'll walk two and a half kilometers to get in the middle from from where you have to park the car. Cause there, there is limited parking, but a lot of the places that I like to go, there's minimal houses, maybe a couple of cottages that people go to. Um, but I, I honestly, one of the things i like is to get as far <laughs> I'm trying to get as far away from my man. you know, people as possible. <laughs> Typically, I don't want to be man. competing. You know, I don't want to be competing against those villages of fish, uh, fishermen, you know, for, for fish. I like going out there and seeing like one or two other pop-ups and that's, that's my kind of environment that I like to be in. The reason
1: I ask, and I will share this secret uh with ice fishing if you guys have lakes and ponds that you fish normally throughout the year especially in a kayak and you meet the people who live on these lakes and ponds um sometimes it takes a bottle of wine sometimes it takes inviting them out to a beer but there's one section of one of the lakes that i visit uh that you have to walk to like doyle said all the way across because you can't park anywhere and uh luckily this fall I caught a really nice fish. And one of the gentlemen that lives there shares this house with his six siblings. And it was passed down through the generations. You know, they're all the grandkids of the people who own the house. They take turns having the house introduced myself and just said, are you here in the winter? May I park in your driveway? And it cuts the walking out sometimes an hour out of walking and it makes such a nice day. And, uh, it just the relationships with your local homeowners on some of these lakes, you're not just one of these guys in a hood and goggles walking out on the ice, Mm -hmm. you know, you are somebody that they've met and then, uh, they invite you over for dinner or they're like, Hey, my, my, my son and my daughter out here, I want to go on a ice fishing trip. You know, they become guests. And it's it's really cool. You never know who you're gonna meet on the ice. That's that's one of the things that I have found out. Uh it's it's way beyond skiing. You know, it's the people out on the ice, you really never know who they are. Mm -hmm. If they have a house out there, um, you know, if they're gonna write an article about you. Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's really cool just some of the 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 diversity of people you meet out on the ice while fishing. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: And uh, you know, there's always fishing communities, um, whether it's on the ice, uh, in the boat, or on the bank. I think there's a there's a fishing community at the tackle shop for everybody, and that's it's one of the really cool things about our sport as a whole. Um, so, with that being said, uh, I'll let you guys tell everybody where to find you on the socials, um, how to how to contact you if they want to uh, do some guiding or just want to hear more stories and go
2: you want to go first Uh, go ahead Doyle Uh, well you can reach me on Instagram it's probably the best way at Doyle J Smith and uh, my YouTube channel is called Eastern Ontario adventure but if you Google Doyle J Smith it will take you to uh, any one of those things yeah, and I uh, post a lot of photos quite a bit on uh, Instagram, like uh, Chad said before. I, I do a lot of content for Orion um, and Jackson, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, a lot of that stuff will be uh, popping up soon as the as the ice becomes a little bit thicker, and I will be posting, or I'm going to attempt to post weekly videos on my adventures, so if you want to uh, check that out, uh, feel free to drop a bye.
1: But, yeah. And if Jackson has anything to say about the quality of any of your photos you are taking, oh, no. uh, i just say, you know what?
0: Uh, I need a new lens. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Here, it, Mike. Here's, here's, Mike. here's what I want. Mike, Mike, mute, Mike, <laughs> mute.
1: <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've seen your photos. And, you know, it's I, I jokingly said something to Jameson and said, hey, can I? You know, interview for Team Orion. Like, what do I have to do? Like, take better <laughs> pictures than this. This is the guy that takes the pictures. Okay, I know who I'm up against now. I'm not a photographer. I won't. I won't claim to be a photographer. Uh, you might, you, my might friend, go. you can you can find me at uh, TBC Guides on Instagram. Uh, I do want to do shameless plugs this evening uh, because my new Winterize website is up and that is www.tbcguides.fish. .fish cost 50 cents, .com cost $3,000. So wow. as we're saving money for live scopes, that's where we decided to put our money. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Thomas Corrado or Tommy Corrado, as he is in my phone. Mm-hmm. His signature is on the bottom of my website. He is a sophomore at Dartmouth College. And he came to me last year. I was working for a tech startup and he said, how did you get into this? Who are you? What do you do? He bought me a cup of coffee and he is an extremely talented web designer. Uh, He did an internship this summer, at the Washington Post in web design. Um, Don't hold that against him but he's absolutely brilliant today. He got my email notification working for my reservation system. Um, My reservations have quadrupled this year Mm. versus last year uh, because of what this kid has done. I'm sorry to say a kid, he's 20 years old. I think he's 20 years old, but we all started somewhere and he's absolutely gifted in what he does and the way that he captures what I'm trying to present to people wanting to learn how to kayak fish as well as ice fish is absolutely amazing um also jackson kayak thank you again for having me on the the regional team in the northeast and last but not least outdoor new england uh which is in franklin new hampshire and if you guys don't know if you are thinking why do i need to buy a kayak right now in the middle of winter they are 25 percent off 25 percent and anybody who runs a store has room to store a kayak for a mm-hmm. couple months yep. if you're wondering what's going to change next year guess what the 22 nar we put some foam blocks underneath the seat mm-hmm. and if you don't have the foam blocks you get the foam blocks they're free yep. uh there was an extra screw added to the rudder system there was an extra a few things added to the seat that are mm-hmm. amazing upgrades but do not let that fool you with the 25% off of every single 22 yep. boat that is available right now because this is going to go away if you're waiting till January 1st. Um, I don't get a dime for telling you guys to buy Jackson kayaks. Jackson will be like, thanks, Mike. You know, th- thanks for the plug. I'm not, I'm not getting a check for it. Um, it's, it's just a cool time to buy a kayak because it's off season. And then next year, I can't wait to see what's going to come out. I do know for a fact there is nothing new coming out besides the CUSA X.
0: No, nothing new in um, this coming there's, season.
1: There's nothing Chad can say, can lie about right now. Nope. There is nothing
0: coming out. This nope. is,
1: this is it. we so, has
0: got two very cool boats um, we, that we come do. out in 2022. And, you know, CUSA X will be your, be your big 2023 boat along with the 2023 NAR-FD um, and the FlexDrive Mark IV in all the uh, FD boats and Blue Sky Boatworks. So that alone you know for a 2022 boat whether you're looking for a Blue Sky Kusa FD, Bite FD or the Nar, um now's the time to jump on one and and grab that Mark IV because that thing's amazing. It really it really is compared to the to the other drive not that there was anything wrong with the uh 3D version of the Flex Drive, but this one here is just Man, it's so sweet.
1: And so. thank you again, Marty from Outdoor New England. Uh, my Kusa think he said it's arriving tomorrow. We're supposed to get mm-hmm. 18 inches of snow. Um, yeah. So whoever's slide driving it. that truck for Jackson, thank you very much. Uh, it's going to stay in that warehouse for a little bit. I might use it as a sled.
0: Um, We've done it. It's going to be there for a while. They don't sled as good. The, the fishing boats don't slide down the hills as good as you would have hoped. <laughs> You need a whitewater boat for that, but you know where to find one of those. (laughs) Also, outdoor New England,
1: they carry all Jackson's whitewater boats. And in Mm -hmm. February, there is a uh, snow downhill event for you whitewater boaters, creek boats, playboats, you name it. I think it's insane. I'm 40. Am I 40? I'm 41. I'm 41. My back's not going to take that. But if you guys want to race your playboats down a wintry slope, in Franklin, New Hampshire, it's happening in February.
0: Man, if you don't have a boat, a
1: rock call star out for there. that.
0: We could find a rock star <laughs> for that. All right, guys. Well, Doc Talk will be back. So we will not be back until the twenty seventh. So, with that said, we wish have you
1: guys a little merry Christmas. Little
0: Christmas, and we will see you guys back. And I'm happy on 27th. Or not the 27th. I was wrong. 29th. Right before New Year's. Uh, sing it uh, for will be out I, of can't sing, dude. <laughs> I can't
2: sing, Will. I'm not even Everybody fan. have a good
0: holiday. We will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for watching. Bye.
1: <laughs>